0: not United FA cup in there. If it's like, yeah. if we hit like 90 minutes and we're still on, like, you know, is Shakiri right in the midfield? <laughs> then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll toss we'll,
1: it in guys, the bin.
0: We'll, we'll pivot. My aunt's birthday. She makes such a big deal about it. Uh, Well, nobody likes to get old,
1: right? Well, birthdays are merely symbolic of how another year has gone by and how little we've grown. No matter how desperate we are that someday a better self will emerge, each flicker of the candles on the cake, we know it's not to be. But for the rest of our sad, wretched, pathetic lives, this is who we are to the bitter end. Inevitably, irrevocably. <laughs> Happy birthday. No such thing.
2: <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the two right gringos. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Phil Bakke. I'm, uh, I'm joined, as always, by Pat Staley, the inspiration behind that clip, and also the uh, the just the general vibe around Liverpool right now, uh, just no such thing as a, uh, happy match
0: day. No, no, another game gone by another reminder. Um, yeah, things aren't, things haven't been looking good. It's been, it's been pretty bleak.
2: <laughs> we'll say <laughs> on the Liverpool side of things. Um, but before we dive into all the post Burnley kind of breaking everything down, we you know, I want to start off. It's been a while. First off, since we've recorded, I think Tiago's debut against Chelsea was the last <laughs> time we we actually got together Maybe. to record um, with uh, plenty of uh, plenty of Warzone in between. But how have you been doing since since our last recording?
0: I mean, just following the highs and lows of the team, mostly highs and then recent lows, mm. so we always say it's been a minute, but it's it's really been like a covid minute between yeah. two episodes, so like you know cr- just mind numbingly long, and yet you know it feels like time isn't moving at all, but you look up in six months it's gone, so right yeah, about moving at moving at the pace of our of our office yeah,
2: we're we're just living in the same way as our world. We're just, we're, (laughs) we're moving at our own pace here. (laughs) We're just trying to survive. Um, yeah, the, uh, I don't know. It's been, it, it has been a long time and it's been, um, I don't know. A lot has, a lot has obviously happened like outside of, (laughs) outside of Liverpool and outside of football. Um, but, Things seem a little less like insane, maybe at the moment, uh, right. This, right. This instant, but
0: in, yeah, we got to take what we can get. Yeah.
2: yeah. In, in doing Democracy so
0: prevails, right. Liverpool, not so much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool struggling un, under the Biden administration and uh, <laughs> mods. Can someone please explain why Biden's not arrested yet? Um, that's, <laughs> that's Liverpool fans vibe, um, at the moment. Um, no, I, 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 think overall, um, obviously the, the talk around Liverpool is, is pretty negative and, uh, it's all down to, it, it came to a, a really poignant head here against Burnley at Anfield. Um, and to prepare for this, this conversation, we always pick our poison. We talk about our poisons, um, uh, our, our different beverage selections for the episode. So this one, it feels important. Um, uh, feels like an important choice to make it through this one. So Pat, you're poison. What are you, what are you rocking tonight?
0: I went out and got something special as you can see by my fancy cup. So <laughs> I know you recently said that you wanted to go, I don't know, be magically transported to, I know Mexico city. I wasn't sure. Maybe it was Berlin or Rio or or somewhere else. So, you know, in that spirit, even though things are starting to open up a little bit here, we can do outside dining. Um, it closes at six, but you Mm. can still get like takeaway and delivery till nine or later. So little place up the street, Cabrera Siete, uh, picked up a couple of to go margaritas. And then once that's gone, I've got, uh, you know, one of, one of our official top 10, the, uh, the Pacifico ready to go in the background.
2: Nice. Numero trace. Uh, A classic. Uh,
0: (laughs) Two red gringos approved.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to remember where it was, where we were, where someone ordered a Pacifico and we shared a look and said, number three.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me of the, uh, well, the the now made famous by you meme of me at the wedding (laughs) after tasting the (laughs) torta. It was probably like a look like that, like, yeah, the uh just very get very pleased with yeah.
2: what's <laughs> The questioning and then the the nodding and just yeah. <laughs> the realization of the of the quality. So that's that's pretty fantastic. To go margaritas, um especially as you said, being being enjoyed from such a
0: fancy vessel as this paper cup that you're rocking. <laughs> <or> <laughs> This is what eighty pesos get you a little steep, a little steep, I think in previous lockdown, it may have only been sixty pesos, so you know just a sign of the times
2: so on my end i'm i've stuck with beer tonight, and I went out to a local a local beer shop called joseph's beverage center um okay. They have stuff from everywhere, like they have the most obscure, random. Like craft beers that you could ever find. And so I went in the, you know, in the douchiest part of the store and found all the IPAs that I possibly could <laughs> and brought them home. So, um, my, as you can tell, and as you've seen, I think throughout like whether it's Warzone or whatever. You've seen like my home office and my podcast recording area has slowly undergone like pretty significant upgrades um, since the start of quarantine and the latest upgrade. I think you're going to enjoy this one is right here behind me. And those of you listening, you can't see, but on my desk, I have this red box right here. And uh, so magic I've got, the pod beers loaded up in this nice little mini fridge. Slowly here. opens the fridge. Yeah, so I've got rating for
1: the folks at home.
2: I've got all kinds of uh, of uh, beers ready to go and at the ready, right behind me, ice cold.
0: So how many does it hold? And what was your what was your first when you went for the holster? What What'd you grab hers?
2: So it holds four. Um, the tall cans, I had to take the shelf out, um, so that I could fit for these, uh, (laughs) for these pint, the pint cans. Um, the first one that I'm rocking right now that I'm drinking is a, is a hazy double IPA from a brewery called untitled art in Wanaki, Wisconsin. Um, never been there, but it's a quality beer. I'm familiar with Wanaki. All right. But Pretty uh pretty nice art there for you to to enjoy. Just a nice little abstract thing. Then on backup, I've got okay. the alternative double dry hopped double IPA. Um, double, double from uh single-cut brewing um in actually Astoria, New York, uh, which is Queens for those who are for the
0: uninitiated, uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> and then uh, finally, um, I've got this one. What is Ooh. it? Stillwater artisanal beers. Um, this is the oh yeah. I got this one specifically for the podcast. It felt very fitting. It's called the Blown Speakers <laughs> Triple IPA. Oh, I don't know what that even means.
0: I don't even know what double means. (laughs) So it sounds like you've got two doubles and one triple. So you really have like seven IPA. I have a septuple IPA. (laughs) (laughs) So when you go into your words, not mine, the douchiest part of Mm -hmm. the store, is there another layer of douchiness? Like the more like you enter, it's like, you know, Dante's levels of hell. Like one is the single IPA. Yeah. Then you, you delve deeper into the double and the triple. Is mm-hmm. there a quadruple?
2: I did I okay. This is gonna <laughs> sound like a lie, but I did see a quadruple and I cowered. Um I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Not worthy. Not I worthy. couldn't do it. I, I didn't want to test myself <laughs> to that level tonight. Um can't do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, that's what I'm rocking with. Um just some heavy pours for some heavy talk yeah. about our club. The Reds just need it. struggling. So we've got, we've got tequila for you. We've got the heavy IPAs for me. <laughs> um, but I, we started off, and there's no other way to say this than that this is not nice because Liverpool's streak ends at Anfield at 69 games.
0: I mean maybe maybe Big Gerg just said, you know, this is where we want to leave it at. <laughs> you know, give the boys give the boys something to be proud of. Um but no, there's nothing to be proud of after a after a loss like that at Burnley.
2: Yeah. The one 0 loss to Burnley is it was one of those two where like I'm I'm watching it and I know we're I know we're down and we haven't really played all that well. But it wasn't until pretty late in the game. And this is partially being distracted by work as well. And and all that, but I didn't have the, the sharp realization of what was actually at stake until pretty late on. Like it was maybe the last 10 minutes. I was like, Oh shit. Like the streak, Um, because I, I, I was so caught up in the performance and, or lack thereof. And, and just like how kind of flat we were. And, but also, it's always been so kind of like taken for granted, I guess that at, we don't lose at Anfield um, at, in recent memory. Yeah. So it's, it's not something I even really worried about. And then there I was like, Oh God, it's going to be Sean Dyche.
0: That does it <laughs> had to be, had to be Brexit. that does it to him. But I, did you go into the game thinking like, you know, Feeling of invincibility that we always have, like I, like you know, speaking for a lot of people, probably you're going in thinking like, is this the game where we break you know break our duck and finally score? Like we're not going in like, all right, guys, home game, Burnley, you know, it's an afterthought. Right, like we went in nervous, and and I think even just like not not realizing it until. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, after the penalty 10 minutes in, like, oh, shit, what's on the line? And, yeah, I don't know. I think that's representative of, you know, just the the lack of mentality that has characterized this team for the past few seasons and just doesn't seem to be there right now.
1: Yeah,
2: it. I think that is a really, you know, just the way that – the way this loss comes about, it seems like the – yeah, the intensity that has surrounded this team and the and the ability to just shake off disappointment um, and turn yeah. it around into something positive—it's just not really there. And and it it seems to be this cloud hanging over, even to the point of you know as we watch this game kind of drag on. Or um, <laughs> you know, Origi one on one with Nick Pope and trying to, tries to put it like in the top corner for no reason. Um, and, uh, anyways, just the, yeah, the, it was very strange because the feeling going into the game wasn't one of, Oh, this is, we're just going to take care of these because they're not very good. Um, yeah. yeah, It was almost exactly the opposite, like that, the nerves and it felt a lot. It feels kind of in the era of the kit you're sporting, like the 14, 15 season, uh where every single game was just completely nerve wracking because we often lost to just dog shit teams.
0: Yeah. So Fernie was trolling us. He's like, you know, the nerves, the pressure settling in. I'm like, like what 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 pressure? Back to back, like, you know, Champions League finals, you know, won yeah. the second Premier League last year. Like what pressure he's like not scoring for five game. I'm like this is this is nothing to us. Right? Like we're <laughs> We can struggle like, we've been here, like, it, it doesn't, it's been three some odd years since we felt like this, but it, it all felt too familiar, you know, yeah. it, like, we, we haven't been that far removed from it, so, I don't know, before we get into the reasons why, what is it, it's the, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one, right, mm-hmm. so I think the simplest explanation, speaking of kits and eras, is that it's Nike's fault. Right. I I think you've been looking to put some sort of blame on Nike and the fact through me as well. Uh, I've felt it ever since the Nike, the Nike kits hit. So is that the simplest explanation? Joe Biden era, Nike era, Liverpool not getting it done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think it, I think it reminds me, you know, the closest uh, analogy that I have, or the closest kind of uh, parallel is when Liverpool switched from Carlsberg on the front of the kits to standard chartered. And obviously since then standard chartered has, has come around and has shaken off that initial kind of voodoo. Um, But yeah, it it feels uh, it feels like some of the, some of that new balance swag swagger is out out of the team. (laughs) I can't even make it through saying new balance (laughs) swagger without without cracking up because that just sounds ridiculous new balance swagger is like uh a bunch of dads training to walk a 5k
0: (laughs) i was gonna say only the only possible explanation for new balance swagger would be like liverpool a couple years ago when they were just like balls to the wall but yeah i think uh Bunch of dads training to walk <laughs> like a turkey trot or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Very suburb too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Pushing, <laughs> pushing push one of the jogging strollers, but walking while doing
0: it. <laughs> Headband on, Yeah. you know, fitness band too, just to make sure the heart rate's staying okay.
2: Yep. Dr. Scholl's uh, prescription, prescription, uh... <laughs>
0: Prescription souls. i wasn't going to get mad at the Dr. Shoals. Yeah. The prescription. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So new balance worthy.
2: So, yeah, I mean, as much as it is Nike's fault, we have to dive in and, and look at these performances. We have to talk about kind of what's going on. Um, and obviously we'll break down like some of the, the reactions of, of some of our, our, uh, social media hall of fame, uh, in, in the aftermath of this loss. um, the place to start seems to be the attack because obviously scoreless in four, one goal in five. Um, it is just like really a tough stretch for this for this Liverpool uh, attack. And starting off from this one, before we dive into maybe more of the stats, starting off, no Mo, no Bobby in the starting lineup. Origi gets gets a nod as does Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in in attack and it felt a little odd for for Jurgen to choose to rest a couple of players who maybe aren't in their best vein of form but you know do you sit your best players in a in a situation where you are looking for that confidence
0: yeah, I don't know. We we'll keep going down the line so we get maybe the and you know, as part of the defense and yeah, whether or not he should be benched. But but no, just just bizarre, especially to go with like the origi ox combo when, you know, I you don't have a chance to disappoint if you're not playing, but you know, Taki kind of impressed versus Palace and mm-hmm. that that could be like a lively option, but I don't know. Before all of this if we see Ox in that front three, we're not happy. Right. Origi, okay, yeah, that's kind of like standard rotation. kind of know what we're going to get now. He's better used as a late-on sub, you know, to try to pull some magic out. But no, if we see Ox in that lineup, in the front three, we're not happy. Right. And so just seeing it, seeing it here, he's never been effective. And so I don't know why that would be, going into this match, the answer to you know, our offensive struggles is to go with, (laughs) to go with the trick that doesn't work, you know? Okay. Maybe bench Firmino, maybe bench Sala, rest on whatever you're trying to do, but you know, bring in Taki or maybe even push Shakiri up a little bit instead, but no, like ox up front, no good.
2: So Dan Kennett laid out the last month worth of, of kind of analytics for um, just to show how crazy this this stretches for for liverpool over the last month 462 minutes 87 shots 51 shots inside the area eight big chances over a seven xg no goals and it is one of it is on record as one of the coldest cold streaks um that Liverpool's ever gone and the first time that they've been held scoreless in four straight matches since 1999-2000. So I mean for any team any Liverpool team to go through a stretch like this is pretty pretty crazy. For this Liverpool team to go through a stretch like this it seems nigh on impossible.
0: Yeah, I, you, maybe it's payback. You know, as close as we are to so many Arsenal fans, and they're just barren run that they went on. Like, you know, this is—it's <laughs> just the footballing gods are paying us for this too. But could be. I mean, that's over. You know, eight big chances, not terrible. Seven XG over that time. Like these aren't like astounding like numbers, right? I would say maybe the fifty-one shots in the box is is, is pretty incredible over that time. Yeah, but. I don't know. We're just, some of the chances are there, but, you know, as I think Sam put it there, they seem to be falling to like for Firmino, who's just like, you know, in some of the worst form we've ever seen him in. Yeah. And I think he had a couple chances even versus Burnley. Clear chance, and he just like slices it horribly, like horribly. Um, and, and that's just kind of representative of it too. So, yeah, between all of that, like, there are clear issues with the front three. I wouldn't even say just being on a cold streak because I was kind of watching it. I see like Mo when he came on, like just really, really struggling. Yeah, Um, And, and, you know, so it's just them being like downright out of form, I would say. And that's kind of like, you know, the the tip of the spear. But then we've got problems as we keep going backwards as well. So it's just this this barren run where the front three isn't firing. And, you know, it's this combination of what's happening behind them. But then also like just not taking their chances. Um and we've seen we've seen them miss chances before. Everybody's gonna miss chances, but you know, they're gonna bounce back with like, you know, something like Salah from thirty yards. Sure <laughs> to, to score when he misses one, then you know, he's due for another one soon. So we're just we're just not seeing that level of consistency.
2: Well, and I think one of the one of the things with this front three, and particularly Sala and Mane as the two, you know, primary goal scorers in the side for the last, you know, three years. Um, yeah. One of the things that we always had and that we always leaned on was when one went on some sort of like barren run, the other mm-hmm. picked them up. You know, we, we've seen this like throughout these, these past few seasons where one is struggling and the other steps up. Um, or vice versa, you know, the, basically, you know, I, I always think of kind of, and it wasn't even in the the best run of form, but I think of, um, the like festive period and the new year period, uh, of 2019, I want to say like 18, 19. yeah, Yeah. Where, um, Sala wasn't scoring at all and went on a long Baron run and Sadio Mane was scoring every single game basically. <laughs> so the fact that right now none of the front three are really picking up the slack of the others and the one player who had picked up some of the goal scoring slack Diego is, you know has been now out for two months or however long he's been on the sideline um yeah the I think there hasn't been that You know, I was thinking, too, yesterday, like there was a moment where Sadio was cutting inside and shooting and I was reminded of a couple games last season. You know, Newcastle comes to mind. Southampton comes to mind where we weren't really doing a whole lot. And then Sadio pulled a banger out of out of nowhere. And that kicked us on to then, you know, like go on and win the game. And those moments just feel so far away right now. Like for all of these players, they just don't feel like they believe or maybe they don't even like feel capable of producing that like magic moment to, to kind of kick us out of the funk that I think any team can find themselves in. But right now that, that magic just like doesn't seem like it's there.
0: You see it all over the pitch too. And thinking, maybe not directly related, but, you know, a lack of like aerial dominance, not being able to score from set pieces, which, you know, sometimes against a low block, could then, you know, that's, that's what kind of kicks it off. Right. Um, but like to that point too, like a, a counterattack, like we, we could always like, okay, spring from that nothing, but I don't know what's going on with that, but there's this hesitancy too, where, you know, we've got, you know, three on two or, you know, three on three or four, something like that. And, you know, somebody just kind of holds it up and then, and then you know, gives, gives them a chance to get back. We saw it probably in just about every match recently too. But then yeah. I think outside on the wing, too, so you've got like Mane, it feels like he's getting more attention this season. Like when Mo went on that spell, like after he hits his like goal scoring form in the mm-hmm. first season, he got a lot of attention, right? And so that opens up, from Mane it opens it up for Firmino and it feels like Mane and I think Robertson are getting a lot of, a lot more of that attention this year which you would then expect Mo to be able to you know isolate one-on-one
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I said late on Burnley he just didn't seem like he was capable of you know taking on players that we've seen before and so yeah there's right. there's some you know not just Firmino like horrifically slicing it but just yeah they're they're missing a step or they're missing some magic the
2: thing that that you pointed out um in kind of the build up to this ox being named in that front 3 um we are on record I'm pretty sure on this podcast of not of of not enjoying ox not- as part of the as part <laughs> of the front 3 it's one of those moves that seems so odd because everything that ox did to reach any sort of level of of kind of competition within this Liverpool side, when he was when he first joined was from midfield, um, yeah, and against a team like Burnley, he seems like a great selection for yeah. as part of the midfield three. But not as part of the front three. Why? Why is this the? It it feels like the one kind of tactical thing that Jurgen loves, or not loves, but Jurgen will employ. That I sit and I just have no idea what he sees from Ox playing on the wing.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, from it kind of started with well, aside from his love for Adam Lallana, which he you knows past us, or playing <laughs> like Stephen Cocker at striker, right. Well, I feel like I tweeted that and then from out of nowhere, Klopp drops something and, you know, kind of tags Klopp in it. Yeah. Um, he saw your, he, he saw did, your tweet. He, he definitely yeah, saw it. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to say it. I, I did want to you say it. You did say, like, you did say something. Oh, well, so now that I've said it and you've confirmed <laughs> it, <laughs> the, and the worst potentially could be like that eighty eighth minute center back sub to bring on the third center back. So Klopp has, had this track record of doing things that you know annoy us and make us scratch our heads, but you know you have come out <laughs> unscathed usually. But yeah. I I don't understand. So when Sam posted the Sam McGuire posted the pass map for Burnley,
1: mm-hmm.
0: none of that pass map makes sense. No, like maybe if you're playing in like a flat four four two, it's like an old school out and out like right mid, mm-hmm. but then it's like then it's just scattered around there, but there's nothing, there's nothing going like into a dangerous area. There's nothing going right. Like out of the box. And so I think it takes like when he's that far forward. And again, we, we take Mo for granted. If he's not beating, you know, one, two, three players off the dribble, something's wrong. Like, I, you know, he's not getting that space there too, whereas in the right. field, he's got a little bit more space to operate and create. Like, you know, you're, you're it. And I don't think he's going to do well with like his back towards goal or, you know, kind of in the corner and trying to beat them off the dribble from the wing. Yeah. Whereas, you know, let him pick up the ball and run in midfield, let him create from there or, yeah. you know, be at least at an angle where he can hit something from 20, 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Him,
2: his best attribute when he was playing in, in central midfield for us was that ability to break the lines with, mm-hmm. with a dribble like with a run and obviously he has a a good passing range as well. Like he's, he's a, he's a talented player on the ball, but I think like everything that frustrated or frustrated Arsenal fans when he was at Arsenal about the way that Wenger employed him out on the wing Mm -hmm. is now being like replicated where it's like, Hey, we saw, what he you know he 's not a winger, like he's been yeah. played at wing back and he's been played out out on the wing um in this attacking attacking sense, and he 's never had the impact that he had in that in that span um for Liverpool when he was playing as the most advanced of a front of a midfield three he was devastating at times yeah. like and he he advanced he was advancing the ball which allows like so much to happen around him when he's making those like penetrating runs, when he's making those, making those passes um, and care, just carrying the ball a little bit further up the field. Um, He's giving options to the rest of the team. And now when we employ him out wide, he just isn't capable of doing the things that, that we that we like to see wingers do. And he's playing on the right as a right footed player, which we don't do that. Like we don't play them on the same side as their strong foot. Like we play inside forwards or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's just a strange approach to play him and Trent on the same side. There's a lot that I just, I, I don't get it. Like it's the one thing that you're like, I don't understand.
0: Well, that's like seeing like Shack in midfield. That you know that that's going for something different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ox in there, even a Rigi. Like, there's nothing else really changed. And that was my frustration too, is seeing like okay, at least versus Burnley, like it looked like Genie had license to like on them to progress it forward, push it forward. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know. Genie has never been set up. You know. It, it's not like the Netherlands system. It's never been set up for that. So I don't know. The, the the tactics are still the same. Like I didn't see, okay, now that Ox is in there, should we see more overlap from Trent, which we've kind of been crying out for. And like, no, like there's nothing, mm-hmm. even in the past, there's nothing to indicate like there was any sort of progression or overlap with the fullbacks. It was just drop it back a few yards and then Trent, you know, kind of rolls in a lazy cross. So right. there. that's the frustrating piece. Like, okay, we see some change in personnel, but there's no real change in tactics, even though there's, we're starting to get some data and some observations about like, okay, teams are, you know, adjusting. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's laughable to say teams have figured it out. We can talk about that in a second, but sure. teams have adjusted. Like now we've got to adjust. And I, I don't know. Maybe we were okay getting by with draws, but this many games without a goal—you know—playing some just dreadful teams in what should have been one of the easiest runs we've had all season, mm-hmm. and picking up what three points out of a potential fifteen. Yeah. So that's the frustrating piece. Like change, change personnel all you want, but if you're not adjusting like the true problems, I don't know. You're just swapping out inferior players and expecting them to to create more than your best players. So the
2: The one point I do have on that it, it, for all the for the fact that obviously it didn't produce a goal and Origi misses the biggest chance of the game um so i'm not I'm certainly not going out and and singing div's praises from the rooftops or anything like that but the one thing about this match that struck me was for all the criticism around him div at least was creating shots like and I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a, a reason to you know obviously defend you know his selection or whatever he should bury the goal but in the first half especially he was creating shots, which is something we've struggled to do over the last, over the last, you know, just in, in terms of pure volume, we haven't created that many shots over the last four games. So the idea that he was at least having a go is like that it's sad, but (laughs) that was encouraging to me where it's like, at least he's making Pope do something like where the last few games it's felt like, we've been kind of shy of shooting and just not really creating that many chances to begin with. It's like at least somebody was trying to like make something happen. Um, even if he's not that good at
0: it. Well, even you can see it kind of in that maybe, but I think Shaq's fault too. Like Shaq is at least like being more aggressive is trying something. And I, you know, we're all, we're still a little spoiled where, especially late in the game, it seems forced, like you're trying something, you're putting somebody in, like they don't yeah. make the run. It's not the worst thing in the world, right? It's just recycling possession. So having players in there that are going to be more aggressive, you know, w- what I saw as I was saying to you, distracted by work, but, you know, Origi <laughs> looked pretty good. Like Twitter was praising him and, yeah. you know, there's no place for the week in Twitter. Like if you're not having a good game, it's right. going to get found out. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know. Not not enough though, right? Some right. moments from Devok, or some moments from Shaq. There there wasn't a like wholesale like team approach or team aggression of let's do something different, let's be more aggressive in attack. It was just still still so flat.
2: The one of the strange things about this about Klopp's team is obviously so much of the conversation used to be around the intensity of the pressing and, and counter pressing and all, you know, all of the kind of narrative around that. And indeed, you know, there's like entire blogs and podcasts dedicated to the pressing style of Klopp's Liverpool. Um, That narrative has kind of since faded so has the press gone away? That's the like, is the press a thing of the past or are we just doing it differently now?
0: What what against Spurs, the humiliating defeat was kind of the turning point, right? And we're still almost kind of asking ourselves now, like what <laughs> do, do maybe we go back to that style. Um <laughs> but no, I didn't like we we adjusted after that part to, and even Clapper said it. Like to, you know, you you're more aggressive, so in the end, you ultimately are conserving some too. So we've I think even pretty much saw consistently consistently a, a decline in just the the bulk of pressing for a couple of years, um, and that's what was surprising about uh, we took a look at the data that Anfield Index posted really kind of robust thread. Um, that dove into what what I saw is here's here's the heart of our problems, right? We're, we're scratching our heads trying to figure it out. Is it, you know, we're missing Van Dyke? Is it, you know, uh, Tiago hasn't been able to find his footing after injuries? Um, but this is what kind of clarified it for me. Like, pressing is up. Like, it's not quite to the point, certainly not where it was in 17, 18, when it was just, you know, insane. Um, but it's right up there almost with 18, 19. It's more than it was last year more than it was in 1617, So we, we're not seeing a huge decline in pressing. Um, what Anfield Index identified is that we're seeing teams react differently to the press. So what we're not doing, we're not winning possession. We're certainly not getting direct wins of possessions leading to shots, which is where we were able to create, I think, especially against like teams like city or something like that, or, mm-hmm. uh, Arsenal, you know, I think of the teams that aren't, af- aren't afraid to really come out and play us. Um, but what we're seeing is just more, just, you know, kind of turnovers and receiving the ball. And, and we say turnover. It's like when you, somebody posts like, Oh, Trent, you know, turned the ball over 38 times this match. Well, it makes it sound like he's trying to beat people off the dribble and he's getting dispossessed 38 times. That's not what happened. Right. So he puts in lazy car off, you know, it's almost like basketball turn-up. Right. So what they kind of identified was that their teams are just hoofing it, right? We saw it against United. It, uh, Burnley, teams like Burnley have always done it, mm-hmm. but there's less <laughs> initiative there from these sides where even before, maybe somebody like Brighton, probably not like the Burnley or the Bournemouths of the world, but like Norwich or, you know, God bless Leeds, they probably still would. But these teams are not, trying to play out from the back. They're not trying to keep possession. They're just booting it up. So part of it's right. When you say like teams have found us out, like clearly that is disrupting us, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our, our offense is struggling from that, but to say teams have figured us out and to figure us out is to completely capitulate and just give us the ball back. It's almost laughable, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not you figured out the secrets of success. Yeah. Sure. That's one piece of it, but like, you're just giving us the ball right back. So it is complete. It's not as if this magical, like tactical key has unlocked it. Like it's still within our power mm-hmm. to, for Klopp, to figure it out, to, you know, change, to tweak something um, and ultimately get better. But that's the thing. It's not less pressing, it's just teams are reacting differently to that press and we're getting the ball in less dangerous areas from it.
2: It's it is a really interesting thought because obviously the the finding out is is such a, a hilarious thing when you look at what the the finding out produces, which is eleven men behind the ball, like in the box. And it's like yeah. I could tell you that against the greatest attacking sides of all time, yeah, I would pack the box with every single player that I had and say, defend for your lives. And then as soon as we get the ball, hoof it and hope that they've pushed far enough forward that I can then get down and maybe win a penalty. And while you're at it, like every shot, every everything you're going to throw your body in front of and just pray that you get in the way and pray that it doesn't deflect like wildly into the net and all this stuff. You know, I think about all the, the block shots and all this stuff and, and the praise of the Great. commentators that came in for Burnley, where it's like, look how eager they are, but it could just as easily end up where it goes off, you know, a stud or off a thigh and loops into the net. It's just a matter of luck. Um, so the, the, the fact that, hey, I you know, we came to Anfield, I thought we defended well, like that sort of narrative is like very prevalent right now. But at the end of the yeah. day, like they're conceding the game to Liverpool in the hopes that they don't get a borderline decision against them, that they don't have some kind of bad luck in their own area and hoping for some sort of good fortune at the other end but it's not really a game plan in the sense that they have a plan to defeat Liverpool aside from, Hey, frustrate them, make it difficult Mm -hmm. and hope that something happens in their box.
0: It's not, we've seen it, you know, as much as we hate to do it, like credit to, you know, the, the squads that Pep has assembled over the years. Like, yeah, that was the only way to defend. We watch it time and time again against City over the past few years where you know maybe teams would have a go at us before. And against City, it's just let's pack it in and just pray to God that they don't put five on us. Yeah. Um, it, it, City, City stumbled too, like last year. Like teams, even you know, Centurions, all of that, like had a stretch where they stumbled. Yeah. And So I think all of this now, like a five-game stretch – can really impact like seasonal averages to date. Right. So the fact that the offense is sputtering is, is giving this like, but you mentioned luck. uh, No, we're going to, of course, talk about referees because you know, we're Liverpool fans and that's all (laughs) we do is cry about them. But, (laughs) but uh, like all of it is now just, you know, that perfect shit storm, like coming together. Um, And I, I don't think there's any one factor, but that, that pressing data to me, was kind of the answer to both things. Okay, here's maybe why we're struggling. But it's not teams figuring it out. It's teams conceding. And, I mean, we've even seen City done it. Like, I think maybe Leeds, Arsenal, how many teams will actually, outside of, like, Champions League or or those competitions, will actually, like, play us? Because United won't. We've seen Pep, uh, especially at Anfield, always play for the draw. Maybe leads, <laughs> maybe absolutely. Up- that's yeah. it, though. So you know, so we've got to, we've got to figure something out. But you know, saying you're going to have eighty percent of the ball and you're going to have twenty five chances a match, you're probably going to have two clear cut chances. We're not going to have anything. Eventually, it will shift. Eventually, right. we're going to start getting what is Sam Brunder said. Um, we're at minus sixteen subjective D A R decisions this yeah. year. Some of those are going to start shifting, right? Or you know, it, it really is a fix, and, and we're screwed. <laughs> but that that it, it, it's comical to me to say, "Hey, we figured you out." Like right. the the English pundits and media are always going to praise that, like you know, resolute defending and all that bullshit. But mm-hmm. no, like you're you're giving a, you're putting the control of the game in our hands, and I mean, I'll I'll, I'll take that every single match.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it'll work out in the sense that Burnley do come away with the victory. And you know, that, that, that is uh, the objective truth of this match. But at other times you will come away like Roy Hodgson and be like, wow, I can't believe they scored seven. And it's, you know, you're playing, (laughs) you're playing with fire when you do concede so much of the game to the other team. Uh, You know, I think obviously Liverpool much prefers playing teams that play that, that try to play them toe to toe. Um, yeah. And we, you know, I, I don't think, um, it's any secret, uh, you know, who was it, uh, who I think it was, gosh, Swansea's manager in like 2017 said, uh, you know, a Lamborghini like doesn't do well in, in the, the traffic, you know, in gridlock (laughs) traffic. Um, so it's, you know, it's, this is not like a new phenomenon, um, for teams to set up this way against Liverpool. Um, but the last, the last thing in terms of like the cause, before we get on to some of the refereeing stuff, um, one of the things that's been obviously so striking about this Liverpool side is the fact that, both of our first choice or, you know, first choice center backs are out with long-term injuries and a smattering of Joel Matip has, has appeared in, in recent teams, but he's had some injury issues as well. And as a result, Fabinho is being deployed full time as a center back. Jordan Henderson has deputized as a center back. And as you know, the The ultimate result of that is neither have been present in midfield for Liverpool recently, and how much of an impact do you think that's had, like on the the makeup of this team and and how it operates with, despite the fact that Liverpool has quite a bit of depth at midfield. Um, yeah, how much do those pieces affect the way that Liverpool has been doing business recently? I
0: mean, it's, it's all all of these things are factoring in, right? So saying like, Oh, you know, it's not the defense. It's just, you know, the attack that's struggling right now where you take the best center back in the world out of the squad, you're going to struggle. And even if you're still like, we're saying, Oh, like the defensive performances like haven't, haven't been that bad. It's not, we know like defending in the center back position is not that simple. It's like, the leadership aspect that Van Dyke brings, like if you have him talking, what, what the, the guys really say, like it, it's really Henderson that you hear. So Henderson being able to talk in the midfield, Van Dyke being able to analyze the game in the back, like that's that's a balanced setup where even if just take Van Dyke out, pull Henderson back, like it upsets that balance, right? So I think we, we, we've gotten to the point where we know that this squad is better with Hendo in it than without it. Even if his performances aren't like just shining through, you know, and I think that's just a credit to what, how he's evolved as a captain and a leader. And much of that just is that communication. Think of like how much we struggled when Carragher, after Carragher retired, right? Just, you know, Carragher <laughs> wasn't at his best towards the end, but he's still talking, he's still bringing leadership qualities. So taking Van Dyke and taking, you know, Montip Gomez out of the squad for long periods of time, like Fabinho and Henderson. Whoever we plugged in and when Matip plays, he's obviously good. Like they're doing the job. But in doing that job, like we're we're losing that midfield too. So again, you don't have that balance of Van Dyke being able to create from deep. Matip, on, you know, as I rock my uh long sleeve kit where I look like Peter Crouch, like Motip, you know, his gangly self, yeah, like bombing forward for his like trademark, you know. Not gonna call it dribbles because I'm not sure he's beating anybody off the dribbles, <laughs> but he's driving the ball forward. And what you don't have, and as we're missing, like who's our best presser in the team? Nabby. You know, Ox isn't far behind, defensively sound in Fabinho. Like we don't have that midfield, so it's no surprising is what AI also posted, like we're going down from like one point two, like shots from direct turnovers from press, where we were one point five and two before and over the course of the season that's huge so all of these things it's not domino effect but you're just messing with the pieces and i think you said it probably the best like it's like a finely tuned swiss watch right where we've got all these pieces interacting with each other and we're taking them out and we're moving them around and of course you're (laughs) of course you're going to struggle of course that's going to make it tough for the offense if chances aren't coming then okay, you missed one, you may not have that second one. So that's where the pressure is being put to.
2: Yeah. It's one of those things, like the, the watch analogy, I just like, I think, you know, the pieces can change, like the gears can change in that, you know, Hey, I've got this, I've got this, you know, genie gear, and I'm going to switch it out for a knobby gear, like in, in this sort of situation, and yeah. like the watch is going to work like maybe a little bit a little bit differently than it did the way the pieces interact isn't exactly the same but it'll still function yeah. but when i take like fabinho and put him at center back and take out verge completely the way the it just isn't going to work the same way like it's going to be yeah. a little bit strange like the way that it operates so i just think like the way the way that we're set up um is so finely tuned and the personnel are selected in such a in you know such a way and obviously you know the the impact of verge's injury is was always going to be great the um i think we're feeling right now where you know i think back to what was it brighton uh last year last november uh that we watched in mexico city where verge scored from two set pieces in yeah. what was a pretty poor performance offensively from from liverpool but you had that that balance of hey like we can get bailed out by a couple decent crosses onto verge's forehead like yeah um and so i you know i think not to say that not to say that it would have changed everything about you know the way this stretch has gone and it's not to say that it would have completely bailed us out um but the impact of a player like that out of the team and then the result of that player being out being hey let's move a major cog into a different role i think it just i think it just was always going to be a little bit a little bit crazy um yeah. When, you know, when you try to, to pull something like that off.
0: Yeah. And it's. I mean, some things are simple. Like it's like, we're looking for one thing to explain everything. The reality is there's so many different pieces yeah. like verge being a, a, a big piece of that. Right. It's almost like Nazarian was like picking up clean sheets, you know, and, and making some pieces here and there. Like, yeah. That, that short story does not kind of define what is actually happening in that team. But, you know, the more complex version is to say like, oh, well, you know, verges isn't in the side, you know, Matzup's in the other side, we're still doing well defensively. So that's not the issue, but it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's greater than that. It's, you know, just moving pieces in something that shouldn't really be moved like that.
2: And this is all not mentioning the impact of COVID, itself um both from a like structural standpoint of the league and preseason and and the the congestion but also the impact on the players that have contracted it um and suffered from it and i think we'd be remiss to to mention trent alexander arnold and not mention the fact that it seems like he got it pretty bad and has not been the same since
1: yeah
0: well, not that, you know, Trent and I are on the same like athletic plane here, but you know, when, uh, we, I had it pretty bad and granted, you know, I, I'm drinking and eating more and <laughs> doing less and less physical fitness and exercise. So that's probably to blame, but no, like I've like even after COVID, like I've had like bouts of exhaustion and difficulty breathing, mm-hmm. um, like I've like I've never had before. Like and I've been out of shape before. Like you know, come, like coming back from a broken leg, things like that. And, and you know the difference between like, oh crap, I'm out of shape, and like a painful dread of <laughs> I experienced it two nights ago. You know, playing playing football with the guys, but just this, I I can't run like an, an, another foot, another meter. Right. And so yeah, like some. I don't think we've seen it to scale, but there's still, it's still so new that we don't know. And I, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about Trent. I was thinking, you know, uh, of, like what the hell's wrong with Trent and, and yeah, like he looks, he looks like he's playing out there. Like well, defensively, I think he's been, he's done well, Sure, but it's just that pushing forward. And again, is it a result of a, a structural adjustment because we don't have the same center backs behind him Right. or is it, he he doesn't have the fitness in place to, you know, be able to be the player that he was before that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. I like, I don't know that we'll that we'll know the impact, uh, for some time, but I just, I think, I don't know. It just seems like there's a little bit of a correlation between the players that we know have had it and a dip in form. Like, (laughs) so yeah, it's just been, it's just been a little bit, um, I mean, obviously it's a crazy season to begin with, um, but that whole element is, is not really discussed because it's like, Hey, they're professionals. They get on with it, but you know, this is a disease that's infected, you know, and, and obviously affected like most of yeah. the world. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's strange. Cause I, you know, we may, we may, see within the next year like oh yeah and the reason that that happened was because he got covid <laughs> and yeah. like played like shit as a result because he could barely breathe when he was out there
0: <laughs> yeah the, the strand or whatever and the disastrous lung damage that comes or right. respiratory <laughs> damage that right. comes from that like i like yeah we'll we'll, we'll find some stuff out and it, it it makes sense but you know all of these things and even just the simple fact that you know Anfield is Anfield with the cop with the fans there, right. and it's not the same. Again, going back to the, the things that are harder to measure, like mentality of it, right? Yeah, like that fear factor, like isn't there, yeah. you know? And that that you know spirit lifting crowd isn't behind them, so it's you know all of these things again coming together to you know put us on a what a five game a five game stretch.
1: Yeah. We're
0: spoiled. We're split five games, you know, now it's been a historically bad five games, but (laughs) what, six points off, like, you know, we'll be okay.
2: Yeah. The, uh, the fans point is a, is a good one too, because I think you can point to two of two of Liverpool's best performances of the season, which was the defeat of wolves at Anfield and the, um, the obviously the seven, goals against crystal palace, um, at Selhurst park fans were present at both. Um, and then almost immediately after the seven, the seven goal win, um, they were no longer present. And basically since then they've been poor. Um, so I don't know if maybe that plays a part too, where it's like they had that, Short stretch of like three games where they had fans in attendance and then suddenly they were gone again Um and a little bit of a like a boost, but then a back down to earth um, for for Liverpool. And, and yeah, having that that short burst, you know, Bobby Firmino sprinting from one end of the field to celebrate to the with the cop, because, you know, that's like that seems like ages ago now.
0: It does. Those are those
2: COVID minutes. So we'd be remiss. We have to talk about, we have to talk about the referees because it's been like insane this whole season. Um, not just from, uh, not just from the perspective of the fact that like Liverpool are not getting VAR decisions and have the most, uh, VAR decisions that have gone against them, but even from a, like more general perspective that it feels like the balance of decisions has just in every single game gone against Liverpool, where everything borderline is just not going their way, which feels like it's correlating with their form in front of goal where, you know, div one-on-one with the keeper hits the junction of crossbar and post rather than it like going in off the post or, you know, something like just those, those small margins are also seeming to have an impact on the, on the officiating side.
0: Yeah, I think it's almost like the, you know, the lack of confidence in in the attack or, you know, that, that mentality, the stability that we've got, it's like the referees are coming into it too. And, like, that's continuing to build as in, like, no, no, we're just not going to give decisions to Liverpool anymore. And it wouldn't just be – and I think this is, like, you know, when we were complaining about some of the United decisions that go their way. And it's like, oh, you know, Liverpool have just, you know, one less pen than United this season. But it's, it's like, in context to to everything. It's not just that we've – well, there's an obvious reason. And Sam McGuire did a pretty good piece on this. You know, I'm not sure it clarified it completely, but – the the teams that have by far the most families have been what Leicester and United, who have a very kind of counter attacking and direct style from that. But still, <laughs> they're not even close to us with the amount of like touches, dribbles, passes, all of that in the box. And so, not getting the call is just it's one thing not to get the call, but when you have in the same match identical instances, not even a handball, which was a a blatant handball. But then again, I don't know if anybody knows the rules anymore of what a handball is or is it who knows, right. but <laughs> when, when Mane poor shot gets just absolutely wiped out in the box, nothing given, not looked at later, like the penalty that Burnley pick up, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Maybe you can see that being given, right? You can look like you can look at that over and over again and, and you still, it's tough to see whether or not Allison actually clipped him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the situation is exactly the same, but less severe. Like, you know, he takes a touch, boots it away. He's got no chance to get it. And then he initiates contact. Whereas Mane, you know, you know, slices it, whatever. And is completely decked by, you know, should have been a bookable offense. Yeah. <laughs> and then not get it like the, the things. And that's, it doesn't matter any sport, any sport that you're in. It's consistency. Right. Like think about baseball. However you call that strike zone, just call it for both. Yeah. Right. Same for every single sport. It's consistency. And that's what is so painful <laughs> is that so many calls are going against us mm-hmm. or not going in our favor. Yeah. And that's where size says like, again, minus 16 subjective bar decisions, Yeah. nine more than any other side, three in the match against Burnley. And these two examples that are identical, not even identical situations, more clear cut for Liverpool, not given because apparently you just don't. Um, I think it's Tompkins. It's always been, you know, on his soapbox about penalties in front of the cop and all that. But then to give that after you, uh, like how, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's a clear, maybe it's not as much as we want there to be like a conspiracy and direct bias against Liverpool. Right. It has to be this you know unconscious bias where it's just you know part of part of the mindset of referees going into it
2: i I have to think in well in the case of in the case of liverpool um and these subjective decisions um I don't know that it's necessarily always Liverpool, but we do know now um based on mark clattenburg's uh comments over the last <laughs> couple of weeks the self owns um mm-hmm. that he decided to to publish like they there obviously is a like it's taken into account by referees now they would you know any working referee would deny that there's yeah. any sort of bias any sort of favoritism played but clattenberg mm-hmm. came out and said that when sir alex ferguson was at manchester united they got more decisions than they would have if he wasn't there and he mm-hmm. said since he's left they their mystique has uh waned or something like that like something along those lines yeah. so it's present like that that is a real thing and and i think beyond that Um, like beyond the mystique of maybe certain individuals or this imposing nature of like certain clubs to kind of get the decisions in their favor. I think even more than that, there's an English vibe of the underdog. And, and, and I think often there are, there are whole games that shift on the borderline subjective decisions that are made throughout, throughout the match. Um, and if I, if I, as a referee, if I'm Mike Dean and the entire game, I just give the benefit of the doubt slightly towards Burnley versus Liverpool. I can, I can change the balance of the game. Like I can let Burnley off the hook For, you know, maybe they're pinned deep, maybe Liverpool are building some momentum, something I call a soft foul, like against a Liverpool player on the edge of Burnley's area, and suddenly an attack is gone, right? Like, it can be as simple as that, or it can be as kind of blatant, or not blatant, but it can be as intense as I choose to take action in a situation that if it were a Liverpool player in on Burnley's goal, it would not be given. Mm
1: -mm.
2: It just wouldn't. And that's like, (laughs) right. And that's like, and that's the reality of the situation. I, I, I really think, and I I know this sounds like tinfoil hat and all this stuff, but I really think that there is an unconscious bias or, you know, I don't know how conscious it is, but I, I, I don't know that it's, it's definitely not planned or anything like that. It's just in the flow of the game. English officials love to do shit like this, where they award a penalty as soft as it might be to a team that they feel will be like, you know, whatever, like Burnley getting a result at Anfield is this like big story. And the, it's just it it's just not consistent, as we've said. Well, like as we've demonstrated. Mike fucking Dean too. Like Right.
0: Tranmere fan. He's he's gonna he's gonna get the narratives gone. Yeah. He's I did that, like I thought you and Mike were about to kick off a little bit on Twitter when she was like, Isn't he from Merseyside? Mm-hmm. Like Tranmere. <laughs> but yeah. <I'll>, I think <laughs> he is, you're, well, you're he nowhere is, no. Yeah. You're nowhere near tinfoil hat. Like I'm, I'm going all in, I'm going all in <laughs> like blatant, by, like you're level headed about this stuff. Like, and, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think that's absolutely, I don't think it's just the underdogs. I think it's any, uh, you know, I don't watch enough city, but like, even when United played, the game was called exactly like that. Like I can't even look it like 15, like 70 to 30 possessions. Some, like something ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, United played it the exact same way Burnley did. Um, yeah, and it was like you know we somehow with seventy possession had fifteen fouls to their six or right. something. Like that. So it's just, but and that's part of it. Seeing like one of the most atrocious like calls I've ever seen. That you know Harry Maguire like shielding Salah, you know basically like shaking his ass on him and then falling over and it being a foul on Salah. Yeah. There is there has to be. There's no way that. The, the referees, the association, all of that have not like they have looked at the way Salah and the way Mane play, especially Salah, like with his back to players. Mm-hmm. There, there's no possible way that they are not calling that differently, that they have not yeah. been instructed to call that differently. It's, it, you, you don't see anybody else, nobody else in the league is played like that. Right. And especially like what we see and what's allowed anywhere else in the bit, like hands on the back, like grabbing, touching, anything that blatant is no longer called. And it's bizarre because even with those like Klattenbergs and the Fergie comments considered, as we get, and this is maybe Klopp's fault for being so terrible as he self-admits like with mind games. Yeah. As we get better, it seems like, that those things are shifting against us as well, but yeah. no, in my mind, yeah. Coupled with the the underdog bias, one hundred percent, they have been instructed to call Salah especially differently than the yeah. other players. Not a doubt in my mind. I, so I I'm gonna take off my. I think I think it is the
2: definitely the one area where there is the, there's just a different standard because I think. One of the first things that pundits will come out with when there's a penalty given for hands on somebody, maybe a shirt pull, maybe a push, you know, they're like, hey, you can't do that in the box. Yeah. And every single match, Sala will back someone down in the box with both arms wrapped fully around him. (laughs) That happens every single game. And is never called. Yeah. And then people wonder why he throws himself to the floor, like in order to get some decision, like, will someone please look at what's happening over here?
0: But even still, like if you're like is that, does it stop and in there? Or is it like you have instructed? And again, I'm saying it as if it's like fact. And not just, you know, crazy conspiracy theories in my head. But you have instructed this group, in my mind again, like to call this player differently, saying, Yeah, like you have to watch the way that you call the match whenever like Salah's you know, being defended. That is going to transition to how you ultimately approach like the way you'll call the match in the final third. But it's I mean, like we said, with Tompkins talking about like the penalties awarded, mm-hmm. given all that, like There's obviously a clear, like, you know, unconscious or conscious bias towards. I know those are buzzwords right now for much more important things, but (laughs) as it relates to Liverpool, like, those are, like, it's clear, right? Like, we're we're not crazy, maybe a little, but we're not that crazy. (laughs)
2: We're not that, yeah.
0: And not that crazy.
2: There's a direct correlation between Mo Salah being, uh, like his first season in the premier league before anyone could form these sorts of opinions about him or how to judge like someone trying to defend him. Um, he set the all time record for goals in a premier league season. No big deal. I genuinely think that they are allowing this sort of like defending of solid Simply to try to limit him to to yeah. whatever level they can. Um, Overall, like the tinfoil hat is not around. It, is not around like a specific <laughs> Liverpool bias or like the FA trying to fix the league or anything like that. But it's simply uh, that's, that's in, still
0: there. Well, <laughs> that's still there too in the background.
2: <laughs> but it's simply in those like in those small decisions, and I and I my one like really wild conspiracy th- it's not a conspiracy theory but my one really wild theory is that lester winning the premier league in 2015 was almost i you know not all down to refereeing decisions like in their matches but their underdog status gave them that edge where a lot of 50 50 decisions went their way and they ended up winning the title. Like I genuinely think it can have that level of impact. If it, if it's applied that like consistently across a whole season, um, you can, you can genuinely like shift the whole title race based off of small, subjective 50 50 decisions across the course of a season.
0: Because we, I mean, how often do we joke about like, you know, the narrative, like running narrative, like these things like get traction, you know, like that, that's why when we look at offensive struggles, you know, the longer it goes, the more it weighs on you, right. Or, you know, the longer you have an undefeated or an unbeaten run, you know, the more that can like kind of lift you up and make you even more unstoppable. That sure. we've seen too. So, you know, that, that's kind of my concern in all of this too, is that. You know again, full faith and as we have i think rightfully so like criticized Klopp on social media, even now, like doing that while trusting him to get the job done, you know, m- my concern is like, do we lose momentum now in anfield like i i, I don't even I'm think backing i think back to Chelsea and their, you know still historic run at Stanford bridge like. Mm-hmm like after that ended like did they go through a period of like you know adjustment there that that that's my concern is that is that another like you know build in the snowball of this like kind of descent i don't think so but yeah it's there well
2: and and i think so much pressure builds on the players now uh um, yeah and you can see in the way that they i i think you can see in the way they attack uh, there's a nervousness like a like just a general little vibration of of tension that is yeah. kind of emanating throughout this team at the moment and no one's really acting on instinct no one's really a- reacting naturally so i think i think there is that concern that, you know, are we going to bounce back with a good result? Um, the, the next, the next match, uh, comes, comes again against United. Um, but in the cup this time.
0: Yeah. We know Klopp doesn't care about the FA cup. Do we? The collective, we, (laughs) we,
2: I mean, I don't care about winning the FA Cup. I hate that it's against United because I think it's impossible not to care. Exactly.
0: Because you know, Fernie's going to be lurking on social media. Yeah. And we you already gave him some ammunition by acknowledging that, you know, the pressure was getting to the players. So,
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a-
0: FA Cup, United... Listen, it's all doom and gloom right now. So, if we lose the FA Cup to United, football Twitter is already a miserable place. Like, LSE Twitter is in a dark spot right now. Sure. If we lose to United in the FA Cup when we're acknowledging that the league is gone, even though we're only six points off it, (laughs) um, we'll definitely not compete in the Champions League because, you know, we're not cut out for it. Right. Um, So, the FA Cup is really all we have left. So if we lose against United, not only using losing to United in general, but our one chance is here at a trophy. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping the sarcasm is like coming through all of it.
2: <laughs> I uh, no i i think we're i think we're set up well for like the narrative to completely flip because we've got you know United really feeling themselves. Everybody's on a high and. Coming into this match.
0: Two goals in a match.
2: Yeah, we could really bring them back down to earth.
0: (laughs) I think they'll actually... They may be stupid enough to try and play. I think they're going in... Always probably going into the match thinking that. Like, they might have a little swagger and may actually try to play us.
2: Um, I mean, they successfully got a scoreless draw at Anfield. So, you know, by simply defending... For 85% of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think... I don't know. I think Jurgen plays the, the under-18s and sees what happens, you know?
0: We're we're going to see Cujo out there. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see if Hendo's fit. Him at center back alongside, you know, one of the Utes. But, yeah. I'll, I think some of the heavy hitters will be in there, but I think he'll yeah. definitely he'll definitely rotate given that we've, we've still got a pretty hectic schedule coming up too, but yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and looking at it, I mean, we've got, where's my, yep, here we go.
0: We got we play in the league next, right?
2: Yeah. We play United on Sunday and then next Thursday Tottenham in, in London Sunday, that Sunday we play West Ham and then we have Brighton the following Wednesday and then Man City the following Sunday. So, um, yeah, a packed couple of <laughs> weeks with both Manchester clubs and Spurs, uh, and West Ham too. Like not a, not the easy proposition that, that
0: they had. All been. right. All right. Calm down a little <laughs> bit. Calm down. It's still a David As <laughs> managed side. So, I am not stressing about what Yeah. Again. Yeah. But we need some of that like Tuesday match day energy mm. that has been going around like we need a little bit of that. Mm. Oh,
2: and Leicester after City. So
0: Well, the only I mean City City away, right? City away is going to be at least I think Pep will you know, city's hitting City's hitting a good stride. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pep will at least, you know, going into it, a lot of confidence were weaker at home. Pep will try to play. I mean, that that's still one of my favorite, like matches in football when both Pep and Klopp are, are just going head to head. Right. Yeah. Cause it could be Liverpool or city winning, you know, four nil either way, yeah. or it could be one of them winning four, three. Like, yeah. you, you just don't know. It's like, who's who's going to finish the chances of hopefully by then we're doing better.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, the only thing that terrifies me is the, uh, you know, peak Mourinho coming after us. But no, the others, I mean, I think we need a big match. I think we need, like, a team to come out and play us to, you know, get some of that energy back and to get get some of those chances and counterattack or whatnot back, but yeah but yeah
2: the the dichotomy of of liverpool at the moment is the the form against the bottom teams is absolutely dreadful but they're still top of the big six like mini league we have the best record against the other big six clubs so yeah yeah Kind of a strange and
0: one. And we still have the best attack in the league. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Four games with no goals and still have scored the most of any,
0: <laughs> of any premier league team. Ridiculous. I yeah. hope we put up, not that we care about the FA cup these days, but I hope we put up eight on United.
2: Yeah. Hang a, a nice crooked number on, uh, on, on always boys. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we've, we've spent enough time kind of ruminating about Liverpool's woes at the moment. Um, but social media is as always, it, it lifts us up. It, it takes us back down. It is, <laughs> it also mirrors the roller coaster that is like COVID existence and, and, and life. Um, and, the two things to come out of this week in soccer Twitter specifically, football Twitter, were the Christian Pulisic <laughs> GQ photo shoot and the new reveal, the reveal of the new and improved Fernando Torres. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So it's, this is what prompted us to actually, uh, you know, I think a depressing Liverpool, a Liverpool that struggles. Like if we look at the, you know, 10 game running averages that data is always fueled by, Sure. If we compare compare that in our heyday to like our lowest performances for when we probably had the most pods. Yeah. So like when things are in the shitter, you know that's that's when the boys are gonna we're gonna get the band back together. Yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our first episode was after a three-one loss to West Ham. So, oh god, and I just talk shit about boys and West Ham too. So we're we're doing it's a ways off. We'll that. be fine. We'll be fine. But
0: <laughs> I I'm trying to find it. You know, he put posted a few. Oh no, that's just Adam Levine. I thought that was. Uh, I thought that was real but so it was. <laughs> that actually it, that, is Adam I, Levine. <laughs> it really is. But the best, one of my favorite tweets and where I was like, okay, we got to, we got to do an episode. Like the universe is telling us to when it was um, a, an incredible account on football, Twitter, LFC, Twitter, we don't mention them that often is at fat, P-H-A-T, seven deuce. Mike Pendleton. Yes. Who said <laughs> either of these photos, and I'm paraphrasing here, forgive me. Yeah. Either of these photos would be too much in one day for football Twitter to handle. And we were given them both. Yes. On the same day.
2: <laughs> Christian Pulisic's, uh, yeah, his GQ, GQ photo shoot. Um, well, if you haven't seen it, then you're, uh, I don't know why you're even listening to this because yeah.
0: you Nobody are... Nobody hearing this has not yeah, seen
2: it. Yeah, right? you've seen it. <laughs> Just, um, th- that photo shoot and his impersonation of a, of a broke-ass Adam Levine <laughs> <laughs> was um, stunning for so many reasons, but I think it was most stunning because of how... Unexpected the whole thing was. There was no build-up. There was no, hey, I've heard Christian Pulisic has, has done a GQ photo shoot. There was no like warning. It's just on a on a <laughs> just one morning. I logged onto Twitter and boom. There he is. He's laying there <laughs> in a tank top on a couch. Looking like he just. <laughs> Awkwardly. Looking like he... Looking like Jesse Pinkman on a, on a, just a bad bender on that sweet, sweet blue dream. Like
0: <laughs> he, he did not look good. He did not look good. I don't know how you can simultaneously give off an Adam Levine vibe while also not looking good. Right. Cause Adam Levine is a possible.
2: handsome man.
0: Yeah. That's putting it lightly too. Like he's, <laughs> he's a drop dead gorgeous man. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. So the, I know the, he, I know he's a distant too, but still. one of the,
2: <laughs> one of the conversations we have to have around this is every single time that a, that a player, a, a player with potential moves from kind of like the youth side into the first team, the conversation that we always have, and you you have kind of coined this phrase, is you got to get a big boy haircut. Oh, yeah. Christian Pulisic has come to this photo shoot for <laughs> GQ magazine, Gentleman's <laughs> Quarterly, with a haircut that any fourth grader would be rocking. it
0: It's almost like... And maybe we're just Out of touch now Maybe the big boy Big boy haircut Is a thing for the The aging millennials Because now if you look at You know Especially even with a first name Like Christian But then Like (laughs) look at somebody Like Phil Foden too Who's got like The Like it's a weird like Future Serial killer vibe It's terrible That they're giving off Yeah It's just a complete Lack of disrespect You know what it probably was it was probably, you know, the darling of football Twitter. Is it Michael Oliver? The referee that everybody likes? Yeah. Kind of just, you know, blows yeah. ass. When Michael Oliver got a big boy haircut, <laughs> that kind of signaled the demise for the era of the big boy haircut. Mm. Now it's ushered in the, yeah, the, you know, future serial killers of America. This, this is,
2: haircut is so offensive to me <laughs> because
0: the
2: the shape of it the sheer shape
0: the tactics behind it are all
2: wrong <laughs> like this this man somehow he found a haircut that is a flat 442
0: it's dated It doesn't work anymore. No, it's football's moved on.
2: (sighs) You know, it's just, it's just a damn shame is what it is because we have this man who is supposed to be representing like he is, you know, the, the flag bearer for like, for a lot of people, he is, you know, the American soccer player and his, hairline was nearly connecting to his eyebrows, like in some of these questions or in some of these pictures,
0: what was happening? How is that even possible? Like,
2: I don't know. It's like, if he like furrowed his brow, his
0: hairline went like down. It's, it's almost like he, he's, you know, a white man who should be going in the direction of Madame Levine. But instead was going like the Drake Take Care album cover route.
2: He went he went take care. He went full take care. He went full take care. And the the album Take Care Hair. The album art that Mike Pendleton did looks like Take Care for his (laughs) London Sugar.
0: Uh, I gotta, and I got to listen
2: to some Drake after this. So man, may, maybe we'll play out on some take care that will we'll have to, uh, I'll, I'll find a track real quick, uh, for, our, for our outro. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the other stunning thing, like the, the other side of this is Fernando Torres mm. f- famous for, you know, I mean, his time at Liverpool, kind of a you know, lithe, athletic sort of sort of striker. Not the biggest guy. Not not super muscular. Not known for that, yeah. obviously.
1: Agile. You know, the,
0: the blonde locks. Yeah. You know, tall, thin, boyish good looks.
2: Well, I regret to inform everyone that <laughs> Fernando Torres. Is now your local like Gold's Gym spokesman?
0: He's a beefcake now, <laughs> plain and simple. He's
2: a beefcake. Man's man's had the Leon the Leon Goretzka <laughs> workout plan.
0: Are we sure he didn't sign for Bayern? Like, and nobody just noticed. Like he, he may have kind of bolted up. <laughs> so
2: between these between all these things we had some really great uh reactions on on twitter and i mean a, guy, a a guy who i think he would be adjacent like he wouldn't really hit the two red gringos radar that often because he's an arsenal fan but
0: yeah
2: aaron west like obviously well known across soccer twitter but he had a pretty great reaction to to Torres's <laughs> to Torres's beefcake photo.
0: So so simple, but when I saw it, that was exactly what I was picturing. So if you don't follow on what at OSD, why does Fernando Torres look like a former college linebacker? working at Best Buy, <laughs> L-M-A-A-O-O-O-O, you know, laughing his and that's exactly it. Like, you know, he's got the blue shirt on. He's kind of got like, you know, the stance going on to, you know, bulk out the biceps that are already massive. Um, that one was my personal favorite, it, but then also the, <laughs> so I don't know how I could have something like, so out of nowhere appeared, was it sea shanty Twitter yeah, Which well, TikTok, like oldest, I think. Whatever it is, it sounded like it was from like ancient, like you know, the seventeen hundreds, like sailors or something like that. Mm-hmm. So somehow, simultaneously, something ancient like that could also be like an okay boomer moment for me, where I had absolutely no idea what was going on, but it involved you know the lads that have made their way around various, you know, I think they've transcended football, Twitter now um, to TikTok Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, but then it was, I, I think I it a lot, but it's like a at Matt Thielen mm-hmm. just says Fernando Torres and the lads. And, you know, picture side by side <laughs> with all the, I'm not going to call these other guys beefcakes. Cause they're just, they're still looking a little too weaselly and squirrely, you know, for, for the beefcake yeah. motto, but Torres full on grade A beefcake. <laughs> the, uh,
2: the the big reaction from Pul- Pulisic's photo shoot, obviously, like a lot of people were roasting him for the poses, were just like kind of generally roasting him. But Mike Pendleton created that album art uh, that does look like a Take Care <laughs> <laughs> Drake Take Care era album. Um, but our boy. At Puck Sherburn, uh, one of one of the like original fans of the two red gringos, I I think I should say, and and obviously a good a good Twitter friend of of ours um, (laughs) had one of the best quote tweets of this album art because Christian Pulisic, I think it's well known that he's a pretty conservative guy and like a Trump supporter. Yeah. He's been called, you know, everything from like all lives matter. Zaha, um, <laughs> you know, he's he's taken on a lot of a lot of nicknames um, in the past, but Puck really decided to go in on this dude and said <laughs> this man tried to rhyme Second Amendment with supply side economics. <laughs> So many
0: layers. It's so over. Many quality layers. It's there. over.
2: <laughs> I feel like a wrestling referee, like just Talk waving it of off.
1: Fight.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. Puss, that unbelievable. For that one. unbelievable.
0: So to recap, yeah. Obviously, Christian Pulisic, definitely the villain. Yeah. Are we ready to call Fernando Torres the hero right now? I mean, not Beancake, for
2: undoubtedly, <laughs> not for this. Yeah. though. Like, I don't know that no. he's a hero for this. <laughs> like, I,
0: well, when I saw them side by side, yeah, that's what I said to myself. Here is the villain. Here is the hero. But then I felt, you know, I still feeling the burn from Torres leaving long ago. Wasn't ready to commit to him being a true hero, but luckily we do have a legitimate social media hero.
2: Yeah, we really do. Um, a true, a true hero and, and one that you're representing tonight. Um, Jordan Ibe, former Liverpool player, um, uh, sold a couple of years ago onto Bournemouth. Didn't, didn't work out for him at Bournemouth. He's, he's at Darby County now, and he made a social media post, basically outlining the fact that he's been struggling with his like mental health and with his uh, his career not really following like the trajectory that that he anticipated. And some of the he hasn't been able to break into Derby County side this season, um, and the struggles associated with that. Being so transparent about it, obviously, he got a lot of support um from from liverpool fans and and from you know kind of football fans in general because of his you know willingness to come out and and kind of admit you know what was going on um and for a for a guy that had so much expectation attached to him i mean i think back to you know there were very serious liverpool accounts and everything back uh when raheem sterling like first departed the club that hey we'll be fine. Like Jordan Ibe is going to like fit right into that. He's going to be a member of the first team squad. Like he was in the first team squad for quite a while. Um, especially under Klopp too. He got, he got like quite a chance, um, before he was sold on, but that expectation coming at such a young age and now his career, he's only 25 years old. But in his eyes and, and certainly like the eyes of, of maybe the of the bigger clubs, it's like, oh, well, he's stalled out. He's washed up. He, he isn't good enough. That expectation is so crazy. And so, you know, him admitting these these issues with mental health, it's just uh, I mean, sets a good example, I guess, in the sense that it's like, hey, like we all have, you know, we have these struggles and, and trying to deal with them, um, you know, maybe it's best to confront them head on
0: you know, whether uh, I, I don't try to like, you know, try to fully not understand, you know, it, it, it's tough to talk about because it's not something I feel like, you know, I, I deal with directly. So, you know, not being able to put my myself in those shoes, like if that's an outlet for him, you know, great. But, you know, what it does is shine, shine a light on an issue that again, it kind of transcends football too, um, you know, for other people dealing with it, to see people come out in prominent positions.
1: It,
0: it's so important. I mean, we talk about this a lot in education. You have to see it in the people around you and the people that you read about, that you watch. Um, you want to see your own experiences reflected in these people. Right. And so that's why it's so big for, you know, it, all, all different types of backgrounds and all of that to be able to come out and, you know, kind of just be who they are, admit things that they're struggling with or admit things that they're proud of. Um, because then it, you know, if it, if it gives, if it empowers him, that's awesome. Like we loved him from day one. He was mm-hmm. an awesome young player, you know, who maybe he felt it then, maybe, or maybe he's just, maybe he's not that player, you know, and that's, a, that's okay. Um, right. But, you know, for him to kind of, you know, own it, and even in doing so, just to kind of say, like you know first and foremost, he apologizes to his fans, and it's you know that that's kind of the mentality, and that that's something we've talked about a lot, so even though it transcends football, we know that so much of this sport and all sports are just you know it, the the mental aspect of it is huge, mm-hmm. right so it's you can't again to do the educational like you you can't learn something when you're concentrated on like survival instincts or you're thinking about other stuff. Right. So how do we expect these players to really, you know, perform on the pitch if they've got some deep things that they're struggling with too. So, you know, I, I, I hope, you know, we, we, saw even at a young age, how like, uh, how, how like he's just a cool player he's incredible. He's like, you know, yeah. like, okay, we don't need Sterling. We've got I because I looked even better than Sterling did at yes. that age. So, you know, we I, I hope I hope you know he gets back to some form and you know can impress and make it back to the premier league but you know it's nothing else it's you know just a great example of you know foot footballers doing right by uh, the people that follow
2: yeah and just showing that you know not everyone's career is is linear not everyone follows like the same you know exact development and so many small kind of things can impact you know how a how a player's career shakes out and and how they handle that is it can be so varied and and um what they deal with i you know we can't even really imagine um what they deal with and the the pressures of of trying to make an impact and the expectation at at some of these big clubs is just through the roof you know yeah. um so yeah it's just it you know it is it's it's unfortunate to see you know that it's impacted him you know negatively but his response to it and his ability to kind of just address it head on is is so important because i think so often unfortunately we find out about these sorts of things like after the fact um after there's been some kind of like traumatic you know situation or or they've done something drastic yeah. so it's like um the idea that he's kind of trying to get out of ha- ahead of it and, and everything, it's just, just shows that, you know, he is the, the quality of character that like we really thought, you know, back at, back at Liverpool. Cause I think everybody thought he, he was a, you know, just a good kid, all that stuff. And at the end of the day, he's still 25 and he still has like a, a potential career ahead of him. And, and I hope uh, like you said, I hope he can kind of, kick on and, and get back into, you know, the levels that, that everybody kind of thought that he would be at um, because it is, you know um, I'm sure it's, you know, weighed heavily on him um, over these years. So hopefully a little bit of the burden is lifted if he can get a run of games and maybe get a
0: few goals under his belt. You know, not that I, I really want to mention Wayne Rooney, but Rooney, when he comes back, play him on the left right? Don't put them on the right wing, put them on the left, put them on the left. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a, I mean, it's like we talked, you know, just the, that inverted, (laughs) that inverted way. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, um, yeah, hopefully we can see some from them. Um, well, I mean, I guess I kind of like brings us to the end. What, what else, what have we not talked about? What have we not addressed?
0: I mean, I can put my tinfoil hat back on if we need to dive <laughs> dive deep in refereeing. But no, we we like we told Fernie, like we we've been here before. We've been down yeah. before. We've been we've been down bad.
2: Um, we've been down real
0: bad. We've, we, <laughs> we we've been down bad before. So hey, if it if it continues to get worse, you know, you're probably just going to get more podcasts of us complaining about yeah. the referees, but. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's quite what we've seen time and time again is, you know, he's not just a man manager, but, but tactically, you know, he doesn't always take credit for it, but, you know, he's got the right staff, the people around them to see what's going on. And he's got, you know, this is the, the deepest, especially when we get everybody back from injury, the deepest, most, you know, talented team we've ever had. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really just a matter of time too. So let's hope that matter of time is only, you know, Sunday against United in the FA cup, as much as it may displease Jurg to, uh, progress in a <laughs> domestic cup. But, um, hey, we got to do what we got to do.
2: It'll be unbelievable to get that next, that next goal, uh, will just be so sweet, uh, <laughs> whenever it does, whenever it does happen. Um, well, if you guys have made it this far, you probably know where to find us, but, um, we're at two red gringos, and then uh we you can also find us at Phil Talks Footy and at Mexico City LFC, um, on Twitter, and then any podcast platform, although the most stylish one is Spotify. So I would suggest listening to us on Spotify just because it's clean. It looks good, the art looks good, you know.
0: Quality stuff.
2: That's where okay. that's that's where Exactly, like, and we're always we're always both about like appearances, kind of over you know any sort of substance.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that we're, app we're looks the function. best.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that app looks the best. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you listen to that one over anything else? But um, I've
0: heard title sounds the best. Oh, is
2: that bullshit? I, I
0: think that's bullshit.
2: I don't know. I I'll have bullshit. to get in touch with hove um j, j. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll
2: have to, i'll have to see you know we'll we'll have a we'll set up a meeting we'll see what what they say Yeah. you know if title is next. where we need to end up then you know maybe we go exclusive i don't know we'll we'll hash something yeah. out uh um, special
0: guest special guest next next episode
2: <laughs> although is he going to get upset if we play out on on drake
0: I mean we wouldn't play out on drake if he was the special
2: guest true i mean yeah that's fair <laughs> well i mean i hope everybody has enjoyed uh if you did then you can listen where we said preferably spotify but pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts and uh yeah Hopefully it won't be quite so long until our next episode. And hopefully it will be under slightly better circumstances.
0: Yeah, we we have to say that if we, if we just, you know, throw United to the side, we'll be back again. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And certainly let's, let's just make the commitment that the next league goal (laughs) will record a podcast
0: Uh, about the goal, about the goal. (laughs) I feel like we're ushering in some like new curse or something like that where Liverpool never score again
2: <laughs> just to keep us from recording.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess we got to score to win so yeah. Post post United dub. Yeah. We'll drop a dub. Yeah. Post Premier League goal, we'll drop another one.
2: We'll drop a dub and then we'll drop a dub in the war zone as well. Um so,
0: yeah, if if you're down to drop in the war zone too, <laughs> hit, hit us up, hit us up. I was struggling today. I was struggling. Today. Yeah. I think one match I had 16 damage.
1: 16. <laughs> 16.
0: That's one pistol <laughs> well, shot, bro. I didn't hit triple digits total over the course of two rounds.
2: Oh, no.
0: I was I was down bad. <laughs> no, and you
2: know. here I am about to maybe drop into the war zone right now. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. I was also playing with uh, the one and only Kyle Robson, who is great in the final circle one on one. Suspect team player. Suspect <laughs> team player. <laughs> I love to
2: see it. Anyways, well hopefully uh we'll we'll be back sooner than later because it means Liverpool have won um so uh, until then audios the
0: adios. not quite the, the Drake outro that you know, we kind of built up. <laughs> no, yeah, we we're went
2: kind of more. <laughs> I mean, I could go that route.
0: No, we... You know, they, we're on Spotify. Drake's on Spotify. You know, we probably have a similar number of streams, so...
2: <laughs> like five billion.
0: This is it. The super... Like... Kind of mellow, right? A little bit depressing. Drake is where it's at, you know. Yeah, kind of like the Kanye eight hundred eight vibe. Right. right, right, right. Like coldest winter could have also been mm. applicable to this one. Too.
2: True. I almost, I almost did crew love,
0: but yeah, you know. I don't like that getting all these, like, Adam Levine-Drake comparisons for such a horrendous photo shoot. Like, yeah. I like going back to making fun of his haircut. Like, <laughs> he should not be getting, like, pseudo-praise right? because we're making fun of him by relating him to Adam Levine and Drake. It's like,
2: we almost have to, like, emphasize the fact that, like, <laughs> he looks like Adam Levine if Adam Levine looked like shit. Like if Adam Levine and that was super shit Adam poor. Adam
0: Levine looked like tried to look like Drake.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like if Adam Levine specifically on the Take Care cover album. <laughs> right. Like if Adam Levine went to his barber and held up the Take Care cover album or cover art and was yeah. like this.
0: I want you to do two things. I want you to take care, and I want you to connect my eyebrow <laughs> to my line.
2: I think. I think for. For Pulisic being as, like, conservative as he is, for him to. <laughs> is he that have,
0: conservative, or have we just, like, created a no, monster? I think
2: he actually. I think he actually is, like, a. Like a Trump guy. But. Like, for him to go in and ask for that haircut is. Like
0: overtly racist <laughs> like, Phil Foden just kind of looks You know A little sad with his Yeah But Well
2: Phil Foden like- is also like it, He's just like He's just a kid who's like Stopped getting his haircut Like <laughs> Any other way, like in seventh grade, and was just like, "Yeah, go ahead and just like keep it coming." Yeah, I don't is know. Is that
0: what the kids are doing? The fading? Yeah, I want well, some of a, that too. But,
2: but that's the thing like, is keep, like keep the bowl and on the forehead. It's just so like, what are you doing? Like we've already we've already discovered because we went back to it. In, you know, the in the 2010s, we went back to haircuts that were, you know, kind of classic. And we found that objectively, the side that is just like the the best haircut.
0: Yeah, the classic, right? You got the Clooney, all the. Um, I don't know. Justin track, Timberlake. You know. JT. JT flows in and out of a lot of different hairstyles. He though.
2: does, but. And, and he, he
0: doesn't offend anybody when he does
2: it. True. But his. His, like, big, like, you know, re entry into music and all that stuff was with the. The side. Like, whatever. The, the classic.
0: Up and over. Yeah.
1: That's all you need.
0: Um, went down straight. And yeah,
2: it's the straight. Caesar. I don't know. But like, <laughs> but not, but not really.
0: I like the Caesar. I like the Caesar. <laughs> just straight down. <laughs> just clip across and just yep. take off everything else underneath that.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like. You're a young man. Do something. Like take advantage of this time.
0: He tried. He tried to grow the beard.
1: His mom told him. him. His
2: mom told him stop. So he shaved it. Or his grandma. Somebody. I don't
0: know. Yeah, he's nothing if not a man (laughs) with red state family values. Oh man,
2: nothing like a good Two Red Gringos post credit scene. Oh yeah, we're like Marvel. You gotta stick around. You you cannot you can't hit stop at the end of the episode.
0: It could be the worst episode, the worst Marvel movie. you've Watch you're still sticking around <laughs> for the post credit scene. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll get two. Maybe you, you'll may get, have,
2: like, you may you have you may have just watched Captain Marvel. Or Doctor Strange, and you're
0: sticking around. Yeah, like you know, is Thanos, you know, going to make an appearance? He's going to grab a glove. He might. Are you know, going to get a little? You're going to get a little banter. Probably going to get a little banter. He might get a little th- Thanos, but for uh, sure. Yeah, in this case, you got Drake and. <laughs>
2: what marvel character Frank, what JG. marvel character are
0: are you oh i'm i'm definitely iron man what definitely no <laughs> wait am i or do i want to be oh well
2: i mean like i'm definitely the whatever billionaire arms dealer <laughs> like.
0: i'm okay with that <laughs> i you know me i i I'm ready to sell out sell out this podcast to Heineken in a second. <laughs> I'll sell my soul in a heartbeat. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Billionaire Playboy philanthropist. You know. Not not that those words have ever been used to describe me, but
2: I uh I'm Ant Man. <laughs> but that's just because I want to
0: be Paul Rudd. Yeah. Well everybody wants to be Paul Rudd. Yeah. No, like, I if think you can't be a billionaire playboy philanthropist. You want to be Paul Rudd, right? Those are your two, <laughs> it's really the only two paths. You yeah, can go down
2: you're either Paul Rudd. <laughs> no, I uh, I don't know if I if I picked like my favorite superhero, I would be Spider Man, okay. But I'm like I'm like too old I can't be Tom Holland Yeah I'm too o- Whoa Okay Well, It's okay for you me can. to
0: say Like <laughs> Oh no Like I, Come on now You you have crossed into the 30s <laughs> No I Once
1: know Once you crossed
0: into the 30s Spider-Man's
2: out of the picture man. Spider-Man is He's out of the picture
1: Yeah Spider-Man no, I, famously I be
2: Famously there. dies Uh You know at like 22 Spoiler alert No I'm making that up (laughs) That's not I don't don't know that Um, Yeah I don't know But no now I'm crossing it like What am I fucking Favreau Like am I John Favreau The assistant like Tony Stark's assistant Like
0: Well he's not a superhero though He's just you know in The cinematic universe So I
2: I will say I was a captain at one point. So am I. I you have got the military background. Am I? You could be war. Am war I Captain machine. America? <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But gotta, War Machine is Don Cheadle, right? Like, yeah. Am I Don Cheadle? Guy. That You're feels gotcha. like a uh, that feels like appropriation.
0: I, you know, what's worse?
2: Here. what's worse? What's worse? What's worse? Me claiming to be Don Cheadle. Or Christian Pulisic yeah. claiming that haircut
0: in terms oh, of like definitely. racial racial abuse, definitely Pulisic because we're we're leaning towards the military background, right? Okay, not the not the you know timeless beauty of Don Cheadle, right? I'm but certainly
2: not claiming to be John, Don Cheadle.
0: You you can, but. Wait did Don Cheadle go to What's his name What's his name Island No that was Wait did Don Cheadle I don't know Anyway I'm not gonna get Everybody's background But Here's my bold take Okay Terrence Howard Over Don Cheadle In the cinematic universe only Mm. As War Machine
2: Mm. Interesting That's my take
0: Mm. Next time baby I don't know. I guess uh, the only one I can think of is uh, uh, Reed. What's what's the you know the stretch guy from Fantastic Four? (laughs) Something Reed,
2: Doctor Reed. What, Mister Fantastic?
0: Mister Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. uh... Reed Richards. Uh, yeah, there's a reading there, so yeah. yeah that's so you. like, cinematically underwhelming, right? You know, he's got, you know, he's got the genius level intellect.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: Jerry's still out there, but <laughs> he he does like is long and gangly with his arms, and he stretches. So. True. I think I got to go read Richard If we being honest. Fair enough. But they may get a reboot, so there's still hope for me. Third
2: times the charm, as I say. So,
0: <laughs> does it count if it's like the third trilogy? Or how I mean, many movies have there been? I think two. It, no, there's got to be at least three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Fantastic Four. Yep. Then you had Silver Surfer. Oh. Then you had the reboot
2: Silver Surfer. I forgot about that. And-
0: and somehow the reboot was even worse yeah. than the terrible ones that came before it. Yeah.
2: And Chris Evans found a It'd be way... It'd Yeah. Him and Ryan Reynolds <laughs> are the only two that have been able oh, to yeah. play a superhero in a shit movie and then become famous for a different superhero. The fact yeah, that Green Lantern... People did not follow Ryan Reynolds around is like that man is Teflon.
0: Yeah. Only Ryan Reynolds could probably shrug that off. Oh yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal is definitely not shrugging off Green Lantern. No No way. Gyllenhaal shakes that off.
2: (laughs) Gyllenhaal not capable of shaking that off. That's funny. (laughs) Gyllenhaal doesn't have the chutzpah to pull that off. Oh my god How did we How do we even get here I don't know None of the Oh post credit nah. scene
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah Maybe group I could be a group
2: <laughs> I mean you no, do I, love I,
0: Vin Diesel I talk too much to be- <laughs> I do love Vin Diesel <laughs> I feel like I was ready to drop A Fast and the Furious line Mm. You know We don't really Outside of our outline We don't really prep No But I was re- You know I like to think about Some zingers That I can drop mm. I don't know if I had any This round But I felt like Something about From Fast and the Furious When Johnny Tran Shows up mm-hmm. No 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 Johnny Tran Ted Brings Ted From you know Whatever Ted's doing Yeah he Shows his face Where the engine block Should be says We got no engines Ted Yeah, and then gives them a mouthful of full of oil, right? I can't remember. I was going to substitute something for engines, but we got no mid or yeah. We um, got no gold. Something more, you know, layered and complex. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What a
2: time! What a time! Well, cool. I guess I'll. uh, See in the zone, maybe?
0: Yeah, I think so. Cool. I'll be on. I need another Pacifica. All right. I can't can get this jersey off. All due respect to I, but I, I wore this jersey, like, a couple months ago playing soccer in it, and it stinks, still. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: you gotta... Hey, take care of yourself, all right? Take care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Later. I'll see you. Yeah.